1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian podcast is brought to you by Movie Tavern by Marcus, opening October 11th at Brookfield Square. Make plans to visit the area's newest cinema at MarcusTheaters.com. Let's talk a little football here. Santana Dodson. Good morning, Santana. Good morning, fellas. Let's talk about these 5-1 and one Packers, why don't we? I have never seen the Packers try to run out the clock by stopping and sitting down on the two-yard line before. I don't ever remember seeing that in any game I, I watched. Yeah, it was a little different. That was very heads up. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it, it was a strategy that won the game. It was a great... So, you know, it was a great game of chess between the head coaches, didn't you think? Matt Patricia yeah, said, "Let." I, I, I definitely thought so. I mean, but let, I mean, let let's kind of go over the facts. Three turnovers, you're going to lose over ninety percent of your games with three turnovers if you lose that turnover battle, which we did yesterday. And I'm going to say ten percent of that, the ten percent of games you win after three turnovers, you got to have somebody like Aaron Rodgers. To bring you out of that funk. With that being said, you had a we had a hundred yard rushing running back, and we also had a defense that, after those turnovers, they were able to hold them to three points, and that's what kept us in the game. But overall, it was an outstanding performance. It was team football last night, and they did a great job getting that victory. It was. Uh... You're right. In order to win a game like that, you need somebody like Aaron Rodgers. But they were doing all they could to try and lo- to still lose the game, like the uh, the touchdown pass dot- dropped by Aaron Jones when he was wide open. I mean, it was wide open. Catch the ball and you walk into the end zone, and he dropped it. You're exactly right. I mean, the first half. I mean, you, before before you sat down with your nachos at the game, it was thirteen to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones dropped a touchdown. Also, we had Jimmy Graham t- drop a touchdown in the first half. And those things typically always come back to bite you, by, especially when you're playing what supposedly is a lesser opponent. And if you'd have told me going into last night's game that, uh, well, you're going to count pretty heavily on Alan Lazard tonight, I would have thought, well, then we're not going to win because Alan Lazard had exactly – one catch in his professional football career going into the game into the game last night. Yeah, there were times out there that I mean, Aaron was literally he had all free agents and one draft choice, which would be Lazard, and I think he was a six rounder that he was throwing to. But you know, we've got a quarterback that has the ability to throw guys open, so we just need him to cut catch the ball. I said earlier that if you're a receiver and the ball bounces off your face mask. You should be fired. Well, <laughs> because that's what happened yeah, that was, on that interception that was, in the fourth that quarter. That was kind of bad. That was kind of bad. You know, there's a nervous energy, and I'm not even going to say it's a nervous energy. What wore me out, because, you know, I get worn out watching these guys out there from time to time. What wore me out was guys slipping on the field. It that looked, is just unacceptable. What, and that's what happened on that last well, reception me, in the fourth yeah, quarter. The guy comes out of his break, and he slips. And when I say that's unacceptable because you're on Saturday, you have a jog through that's on the field. You're supposed to wear your game shoes. On Sunday, a lot of those guys go out there and warm up just to see the field conditions. So to go out there for four quarters and then in the fourth quarter, you slip coming out of your break, to me is just 
unacceptable. Is that on the equipment guy or is that on the guy, the, the player themselves? It's on the player, but then it goes to the equipment guy, then it goes to the coach because somewhere somebody's got to be irate and say, look, guys, no more slipping. No more slipping. Whatever you got to do with your feet, whatever's going on with your feet game, let's fix it right now. They talked about uh, that in the uh, the sideline reporter in the booth talked about no one changed their cleats because I don't know no one no one had they didn't feel it was too slippery or whatever but I'm happy it all worked yeah, out it all worked out hybrid turf that's part sports turf that's part yeah. grass and I mean but you got to figure all that stuff out before game time. Was that a matter of the dew settling on the grass and making it more slippery than maybe it was at 5 o'clock on Monday or or on Sunday afternoon when they may have been out yeah. there, or 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon? It very well could be. It very well could be. But, you know, I've, I've been in games where I've changed cleats and shoes on the sideline or at worst at halftime. I remember seeing it was either Dorsey or Edgar or one of those guys having their cleats changed out with uh, the equipment guy who had the drill. You know, they're just taking them out and putting the new ones in, zipping them out, zipping them in. Like the Indy 500 all the time. Yeah. So I, I, I thought the same thing. Why does everybody look like they're on skates out there this evening? On your home field. <laughs> now, arguably, the Packers benefited from some borderline calls last night right the flowers calls hands to the face twice when looked like he was pretty much planted on a shoulder pad not not a face mask right yeah those were timely you know calls i'm gonna say this though i'm gonna say this the the rule book clearly states in the neck or head area and i think the second one was even worse than the first call so as a defensive lineman, you've got to understand, like, look, okay, I'm right in front of the umpire. He's called it once, so let me make sure that it's not called again. So, um, you know, you hate for a call like that to go down and everybody talking about it the next day after, you know, a game is won or lost, and that was a good game. Uh, but, you know, sometimes, for instance, last year, the Clay Matthews, how many passes have passed um, – how many roughing the passer calls did he get <laughs> down the stretch which calls cost us games, you know, in September, October. So you gotta kinda know as a player okay? what the rest are calling, what they're get away with, what you can and can't do. But the rules clearly state the neck or the head area. And I mean he's around that neck area both times. You're gig gig giggity right. <laughs> Right, so it's the universe kind of evening itself up. That I mean, come on, if you're if you're playing football, you're gonna you're gonna get be the beneficiary of some bad calls, and you're gonna be on the short stick of the bad calls. Right? I mean, it's just it's part of the game. I remember Booger pooping himself yeah. over Clay Matthews. No, Booger uh, wasn't calling those games. So, but I, I don't remember Booger pooping himself <laughs> over that call. Yeah, yeah Clay Matthews. I'm, yeah, that suddenly. <laughs> Three weeks later, no one ever heard of Rough in the Past. No, that that same play was going on every week, and it wasn't being called. Yeah, you're so. exactly right. And you know, and maybe the first one, I'm going to give you credit, and I'm going to go talk to the umpire as a defensive lineman and say, "Hey, look, this is what I was doing. What did you see?" But I'm not going to let you call me twice in the same game, a game of that magnitude. So. I definitely would have gone into another pass rush move or gave him a little something, but I would have not have been in the same area. The second time I felt like was even worse than the first. Did you definitely. ever on the field 
talked to a ref, an umpire, any kind of official, and he said, hmm, yes, I see what you're saying. I understand what you're talking about. And I think you're right. Anytime. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, you got to talk to them. You know, you got to talk to them like, you know, they're your kids. Now, when I first got to the league, I would scream, shout, yell. Yeah. And you got to understand that referees are human. And guess what? If you're screaming and cussing, typically you're mm. not going to mm. get the call. I disagree. So you said. You talk yeah. to them, and you might even give them a little cup of Gatorade or something in between the breaks. Would you like to discuss them? Over a cool drink. I guarantee you. You ever pick up an official's flag and hand it back to him and have a discussion about, now, I, you know, let's just, I don't think that was a penalty. Uh, Exactly. How do you have that discussion? Yeah, you kind of talk the same way. Now, ref, now, of course, you know, I would not put my hand in another guy's face because I might not get all my fingers back. (laughs) So exactly what are you seeing? You know, you start with a little joke, a little comedy. Exactly. What are you seeing to make sure you understand what I'm doing? All right. Now, let's just say, all right, now, this week, are coaches going to change their technique? Defensive line coach is going to go, look, guys, we got to keep our hands down a little lower. Those are two critical calls in the Lions-Packer game. We don't want to get caught like that. Do you? Is that talked about? Because a lot of times, the heat of the battle, your hands just slide up, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'll talk about it. And, you know, what you're probably, as a defensive line coach, you'll probably tell the guy, I think it was Flowers that was getting penalized. It was, you'll yeah. You'll probably tell him, like, like, you know, don't leave your hand there so long, go into another pass rush move. But, you know, you got these refs that, you know, you want them to be consistent. So the thing with that is, you know, you're going to get another group of officials this weekend that might be calling something or calling that same penalty a completely different way. So, like I said, you want to get a, a good feel for the group of guys that the officiating crew that's officiating your game, definitely. And even so if you talk, if it happens, if it happens one time, the coaches understand, the players understand, but we're not going to let it happen twice. Even if you, even if you do talk about it, we're in week six of the season. How easy is it to change your technique as a defensive lineman? All of a sudden, hey, you better figure it out. You better figure it out, or it's going to cost you games. Is it easy? No. But does it need to happen? Yes, all the time. Are you a professional or not? Yes. But they have a chance to practice. But there you a, go. But that's a move that the league uses, right? I mean, that's mm. that's pretty common. I mean, that's a leverage thing. If you can get the offensive lineman's head looking at the sky, I mean, you've obviously gained an advantage, correct? Yeah, it's called an arm bar move, actually. And um, it actually should be a little bit lower in that chest area. So he's high with his arm bar move. So, yeah, if you're coaching it, it needs to be down, like, inside of that armpit of the offensive lineman's or Badiari's inside shoulder, inside of that armpit. I don't want to be too technical, but he's definitely too too high with his arm bar. Hmm. Well, there we go. How about the pass interference, though, the non-call? Uh, in the fourth that? quarter? Yeah. Oh, I don't know who that was, but yeah, he was clearly there a little early with his hand over the receiver's chest yeah. Uh, yeah, for the Lions. It looked like he looked, but he looked a little bit late. Yeah. I'm not, I don't recall. Did they review that? You know, now you can review the pass. No, they appearance. didn't. They didn't Did go they back and. It? No. No. They didn't. No. They, no. they can review non calls? Uh, you can you can ask for pass interference. There's pass interference flags now. After yeah. that Saints game last year, they yeah. gave you one of those too. Like you can I look for it both ways. Keep track of what's going on. It's too complicated legally to watch <laughs> games. You'll 
You'll get yeah. the hang of it. Yeah. I mean, in, my, in my opinion, there's been way too many flags, but it's early in the season. So, you know, hopefully it goes away down the stretch. But if you watch all the games, there have been a, a little bit of – a little bit too many flags on the carpet, if I, you know, in my opinion. Back during the uh, the Mike McCarthy administration in Green Bay, I remember they had they they he was big on I don't know if it, if it was stats or whatever, but there was a number like you could only absorb and expect to win the game so many big plays a game. I think it was like three over twenty or thirty yards, whatever it was. You know, you, your your team could only take so many of those before your chances of winning just kind of were out the window. Well, the Packers started off last night with two big plays by the Lions. You know, a 60-plus yarder and a 50-plus yarder on their first two possessions. And I thought, oh, my God, this you know, if you just based it on that, you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I'd hate to use the terminology of a bend-but-doesn't-break type of off defense that we have. But um, right now, that would be the way I would define it. But, again, they're doing a great job. Of, even the one touchdown that they gave the Lions, I, you know, I'm kind of back and forth. They wouldn't have called it a touchdown. Did the guy really get into the end zone? So they did a great job yesterday of holding them, even after those big plays, of holding them to three points. So they should be commended. But, yeah, there's some, there's some things that they need to work on and get better at. And you hope down the stretch as we get into, you know, our Octobers and Novembers that the defense gets better. But I think we're excited because they've got a lot more bite than they've had before the last two, three seasons. Always good to have defense. Always good Always to have defense. good to have defense. After right? all those years without it, yeah, it's nice yeah. to have a defense on the field. You can go, well, our defense can probably stop them. You know, they, I, thought, I felt like they had to work other than those. And how many years has Tremont Williams played now? What season is he in? 13? I think he was. I think he was like five years into his career when you came to Green Bay, wasn't he, Santana? <laughs> you know what I mean, he's been, he's been around for a while, especially in the secondary, right? If you're going to last a long time, is that the the position that it would be at? I mean, Daryl Green had a zillion years in Washington. Yeah, but you know, you got to be fast. Back yeah, there, right. I no, I agree. I can't believe you don't lose a step. I mean, just you know. And he's outlasted a lot of people. If I come back, I'm, I'm coming back as a long snapper. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You think that. you can last a long time as well? As... Between your legs, you know, run 30, 40 yards down the field. You're good to go. Piece of cake. Easy. How'd you, how'd you like uh, the snapper helping Mason Crosby into the stands after the winning field goal last night? Oh, that was the play of the game. Just, you know, just him getting into the stands. He needed a little step ladder. That was outstanding. Like you give a little... think with all that leg strength, you know, you could leap up there. <laughs> and the funny part is, you know, Mason is so reserved if anybody ever meets him. But he was so excited. And I think that was a little payback because he went to Detroit, I think, was it last year? He missed four or five I had a horrible game and extra points, too. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he was so excited to get over that Detroit Lion hump that just to see him signal like oh yeah i'm going i'm going in the stands come on guys did you ever go up into the stands do you ever do the leap no i I scored a touchdown but it was on the road um so i feel like after maybe one of the championship games or something you might be able to get a photo or two of me kind of going up in the stands but it wasn't just like a legitimate scoring leap there was a TV commercial where it was supposed to be Gilbert jumping up into the stands. 
I would have loved. Look at what happened there. Speaking of that, for if I if I if the if the prize was one hundred dollars, Santana, could you today get up over that wall for a Lambo leap? Yeah, for a hundred bucks. For one hundred, you could make that leap on your own. No, no spotter or anything. No stairs. No stool. No springboard. Hell yeah! Now see, here's the key though. Here's the ha ha. Do I get to choose what part? Because, you know, some parts of the wall are higher than other parts. Yeah. So I definitely would be strategical on where I'm jumping. Got to be an end zone area. Yeah. You can't run to the 50-yard line. Yeah. Yeah. I think the corners are a little bit lower than the actual middle of the end zone. All right. Let me put it this way. All right. Could you do it for 200? Two hundred, and we get to pick the spot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I could. Yeah. I All really right, feel like I could. All right, Santana, good talking to you. All right, fellas, go pack, go. All right, we get the Raiders next week. We'll talk about it on Monday. Sounds good. All Peace. right, Santana Dotson.